Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church located in the city of Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement and as a blessing and inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. We're starting this new sermon series we're calling We Are. We Are. And it's, like I said, it's going to be leading up to the one-year celebration. And what we're going to be discussing over the next four weeks is several of the values that, that we have in our church, okay? We obviously, I would assume that most of you guys know when you see a little paper from City Church or something, it will say connect, grow, and serve. Those are the, the, the three mission statements, the three uh, statements that we can make about our church. That This is why we're here, to connect, to grow, and to serve. But all of that has to be uh, founded upon values, has to be founded upon some core uh, principles that we have. And I kind of want to walk through these things these next few weeks and what it means to you and what it means to us as a church and what it means for our families, what it means for our marriages, what it means for uh, the people around us, uh, that what we are. And we are City Church Frisco. We just started recently getting together for prayer. Amen. Uh, we've got two weeks under our belts where we've been praying. We've been getting together on Thursdays and gathering. Uh, there's something that happens when you pray by yourself. And then there's something else that happens when you come at a specific time and you pray as a group. In a, in a, a setting where it's a corporate setting where we all gather and we pray. There's something that happens when you worship on your own. If you've ever... Uh, had this experience, I've had this experience where I'm just driving down the, the highway, I'm by myself in the car, and the Spirit of God just comes over you. And you just go into worship, and it's amazing. It's amazing just to feel God's presence wherever you're at, in the vehicle, as you're driving, wherever you're going. But there's also something amazing that happens when we gather together as a church and we worship together. Now, for some of us, this looks a little different. Some of us are a little more quiet in our worship. Some of us are a little bit more expressive. But when we gather together and we, we take the time to recognize who God is in our lives as a church, something begins to happen. My son was saying before the service started, uh, Dad, well, there's no one getting here. What do you mean no one's getting here? There's people up in the platform. Well, yeah, but there's only two or three families. And... I told him, well, remember what the Word of God says, where there's two or three people gathered in my name. We're not here for just the people that are here. We're here for him. We are here gathered to worship our God. Amen. So today, church, we're going to be talking that we are faith-filled. We are a faith-filled church. If this was our building, um, and we had the ability to put different pictures on the walls or different uh, uh, sayings on the walls. This will be one of the main ones, I think. We are a faith-filled church. We are a faith-filled church. Now, when we talk about faith, thank you, buddy. When we talk about faith, 
you may or may not feel like you have a lot of faith. Amen? You may feel at moments, at times, that you are full of faith, that you can go capture that mountain, you can climb any mountain, you can achieve any dream, you can reach, you know, the stars, and, and you get all inspired, and you start, I believe I can fly, and all this stuff, when you're filled with faith. But then there's other days, there's other moments that you wake up, and it just seems like life is beating you down. It seems like things are, not just, are just not going the way you expected them to go. You, things are not working out the way you want them to work out. And you feel like you can't even get up out of bed that day. There's no flying in your future. There is no climbing a mountain in your future. And, and what I want you and I to understand today as we work through these uh, passages we're going to be looking at is that we as a church encourage one another and we as a church must be filled with faith. And I'm not talking about uh, 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 just any little faith. I'm talking about big faith, faith that moves mountains, faith that heals the sick, sick, faith that will move and make any crisis in your life appear small. Because this is what Jesus asked us to do. He asked us to believe. In fact, the Bible says that there are two occasions, as we read through the word, there's two occasions that the Bible says that Jesus was amazed. There's a, a passage in the Bible uh, in, in Mark chapter 6, and the word of God uh, was saying and showing us that Jesus went to his hometown of Nazareth, and he spent some time, he was teaching in the synagogues, he was spending time with the people, he was healing the sick, he was uh, doing the things that Jesus does. And the Bible says that, that a lot of the people gave pushback on Jesus, beginning to ask, hey, who is this guy? Isn't he the carpenter? Isn't he just Joseph's son? Who does he think he is? And they were offended. And in Mark chapter 6, verse 5, the word of God says, He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Jesus was amazed at the lack of faith that people had in him. In God. And we expect, we believe that if Jesus is present, anything can happen. Amen. If Jesus is here, anything can happen. But here we read that Jesus, even Jesus, even God Himself, could not do many miracles. So we have to understand that miracles and the things that God wants to do in our lives goes hand in hand with our faith. It is our faith, our belief, our, our clinging to the hope that Jesus offers us that will move those mountains, that will heal us, that will take us to that place where God is trying to take us. So that was one of the occasions where Jesus was amazed. He was amazed at the lack of faith 
the people have. Now, there's another story in Luke chapter 7 where a centurion comes to Jesus and asks him and tells him of a situation of, that he has at home and he asks him, Lord, uh, my servant is sick at home and, and if I know that if you just say the word that he will be healed. And Jesus said, okay, I'll go with you. I'll go to your house and I'll, and I'll go and pray for him. And the centurion says, Lord, I know that you, Jesus, are a man of authority. And just like me as a centurion, as a general in this army, if I tell somebody, go do something, I don't need to go follow them to know that they're doing it. I know that they're going to do it because of the authority in me. And I know, Jesus, that you also have authority. And if you just say the word, my servant will be healed. And in Luke 7, verse 9, it says that when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such a great faith even in Israel. Even in Israel. So these are the two occasions where Jesus was amazed. He was amazed by the lack of faith. And then he was amazed by the amount of faith that the centurion has. So my question to you today, church, is where do you find yourself? How big is your faith? Are you amazing Jesus with the faith you're exhibiting in your life? Or are you amazing Jesus with the lack of faith that you have? So today as we move forward... I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I'm going to move fast. I'm not going to spend too much time. But I'm going to give you three faith-filled truths that you and I can apply in our lives, that you and I can understand and begin to work on, to, to work on our faith, to begin to exhibit this faith that will amaze even our God and that will cause mountains to be moved in our lives. How many have a mountain that needs to be moved? Amen. Every, everyone has a mountain. We all have a prayer before the Lord. We all have a petition before the Lord. We need to have faith. Amen. So number one, you cannot play it safe and please God. You cannot play it safe and please God. This is the first truth you need to understand. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible, it is impossible to please God. If you can do everything within your own power, within your own intelligence, within your own uh, strength, within your own uh, capabilities, if everything you do is done within yourself and you never need the power of God, then you are living without faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you're not scared every once in a while in the direction that God is taking you, in the decisions that you have to take regarding your life, because God is moving you, because there is a will, the will of God is, is, is pushing you, impulsing you forward, then you're not living by faith. I, I saw this illustration one time. I don't have this to show you, but... Just imagine in your mind, I, there's like a little crack here in the, in the, um, in this floor. 
So have you guys, you guys watched the Olympics, right? I'm assuming we've all seen the Olympics. And one of the competitions in the Olympics is the balance beam, right? And, and, and these young ladies are on this balance beam and, and there's, I don't know, maybe three or four inches to work on and they're doing flips and they're tumbling and they're doing all these things on this small, tiny little piece of wood amazing us and we're like whoa wow and then we're, we're, we're holding our breaths and it's, if it's an amazing uh, routine but can you imagine if one of these young ladies one day got up on the balance beam and all she's doing is it's just us today so bear with me right and she's just going the length of the balance beam just slowly the crowd of 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 is watching and they're like turning to each other like what's going on. And finally she gets to the end just very slowly. And then she kind of just crawls down. And then she's down and she jumps. And then she's like, ah. <laughs> Would you be amazed? By her routine? Or would you be amazed by the, what, what was that? And sometimes I feel that, that we as Christians live our life in that manner. We play it safe. Gosh, I don't know. God wants me to work on my spiritual life. He wants me to pray. And, but man, what if he wants to start using me? So I'll, I'll just play it safe. Wow, we just went through this whole home series. I was really convicted about working on, on my parenting skills, on my relationship. But that takes me out of my comfort zone. So I, I don't know. I, I, I just rather be safe because if I fall, it's going to hurt. And if I get rejected, I'm not going to feel good. Man, maybe I need to work on my marriage. I, I need to do certain things differently. And I, I don't know. I'd rather keep Playing it safe. I'd rather keep doing the things I've always done. You cannot play it safe and please God. And the reason sometimes we're scared to have faith in our lives is because faith can be messy. Faith can be messy. Faith brings in a lot of emotions in our lives. And it's like we may spend days and weeks and months and even years, Lord, what are you doing? Why is this happening in my life? I know that you say, I know that you're a good God. I know that you're with us, but why is this happening? And your word tells me to continue having safe and being uh, having faith, and, and you want me to continue going to church, and you want me to continue speaking to others about your goodness, but I don't know. It's ha I'm having such a difficult time without faith. It is impossible. To please God. In fact, in Mark chapter 9, there's a story of a, 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 of a young man also that was filled with spirits. And it says that the disciples, 
The disciples of Jesus had tried to pray for this young man and they failed to cast out the demons out of this young man. And Jesus notices the crowd, notices his disciples, and he walks up and pretty much says, hey, what's going on? What's, what's, what's the big deal here? And this man, this, the, 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 the young man's father walks up to Jesus and says, My son has been afflicted since birth with these spirits. And your disciples attempted to cast them out, but they were unable to. And Jesus says, Oh, this generation, this Lack of faith in this generation. How long must I deal and put up with this? And he talks to the dad and says, do you believe I can do this? And the man says to the father, well, to to Jesus says, well, if you can help us, please help us. Jesus looks at him, what do you mean if, if I can, if you can? Because whatever is impossible with man it's possible with God. And Jesus tells them, it is pos- all things are possible for those who believe. And this, young, and this father is looking at his son who's suffering since, since the beginning of his life and suffering through this affliction of different spirits possessing him. And he's looking at his son, uh, looking at the reality, looking at what he only knows, uh, uh, looking at what he suffered through. And then he's looking at Jesus saying that all things are possible. And he's having this moment of tension. And, and he wants to believe that it can happen. And, and he wants to believe in Jesus. And all he can do in that moment is says, yes, I believe. But help my disbelief. And I think sometimes we find ourselves in that position. We, we're looking at our reality. We're looking at our situations. We're looking at our crisis. This is what we know. This is what we've experienced. This is real life. And then we, we pick up our Bibles and it offers hope. It tells us about this glory of hope. It tells us about a new life that we can have. It, it explains that we can be forgiven. It tells me that all things are possible for me. It tells me that God lives within me, and, but yet I see see the reality of my life and what God is telling me and I and I all I can do is look at God and say Lord I believe but you need to help me in my disbelief because faith is messy on another occasion you know Jesus is is awesome he's always surprising everyone and one day he just decides to take take a stroll on water and he He's walking on the water, going towards his disciples, towards the boat that the disciples are on. And then there's Peter. The Peter sees Jesus walking on the water. And in that moment where you and I have experienced that we feel like we can fly, we feel like we can walk on water, we feel like we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Peter says, Lord, if that's you, let me walk towards you. And Jesus says, come on, Peter. You need to step out on this water. 
And the Bible says that Peter walks on the water. He takes one step. He takes two steps. He takes three steps. But then all of a sudden, something happened in his life. Something happens in your life. Something happens in my life where we take our eyes off of Jesus. Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus. And he begins to look at the wind. He begins to look at the rough waters. He begins to think about how deep that ocean is. He begins to sink. Faith is messy. But the truth is that you and I cannot play it safe and please God. If we want to please our God, we have to live by faith. Lord, you're asking me to plant a church? Okay, I've never done this before, but here we go. Lord, you're asking me to move to a different city? I don't know. I'm comfortable where I'm at. I got a nice house. I got everything I need over here. But you're asking me to move. All right, here I go. Lord, I'm trying to move. I'm trying to do the things that you're asking me to do. But for some reason, nothing's happening. I got to keep going. Keep my eyes on Jesus. The wind may be blowing. The ocean may be deep. The waves may be strong. Keep my eyes on Jesus. Never, never let the fear of failure. See, Peter started sinking into the water. But Jesus was there to lift him up. But never let the fear of failure talk you out of an act of faith. If we don't fail, we're not doing anything. Failure is a good opportunity for us to learn something. Never let the fear of failure talk you out of an act of faith. The second thing, the second truth that I want us to understand today is that as long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. There's another version that says faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. See, as long as you and I are guaranteed something, but we have to wait on it, but there's a guarantee... There is no need for faith. We need faith when we don't have something. I heard on one occasion someone say, you do not need faith for the things that you have. You need faith for the things you don't have. We don't have a building for our church. Well, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is a confidence. I, I have the confidence God will provide the building. I, I, I have the assurance of hope that it will be there one day. I just don't see it right now. But I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. 
Now, I, I can't guarantee that this whole marriage thing is going to be, uh, uh, is going to work or, or that this whole marriage thing is going to be something that is going to be 100% every time, every day, every month, every year. It's going to be something that's just peaches and cream. But my faith is in God that if I do the things that I need to do, and although I don't see a good marriage right now, even though I don't see good relationships right now, I keep my eyes on Jesus, I continue working, and I will have confidence in that I do hope to have a good marriage. I do hope to have a good relationship one day, and it will actually happen. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. Faith is walking, going somewhere where God calls you to. God calls us to serve him. We don't know what that's going to look like one year from now, five years from now. God calls, calls you to give your life to him. I was, we were just having a discussion that with someone and, and he was telling us that he's a little scared about what God may ask may ask him to do. He's, I, I'm scared. Like I, I want to serve him and I have desires of my own uh, that I would maybe like to do one day. But I'm also scared of serving God because I feel maybe God's going to pull me from those desires that I have. And he's going to have me do something that I'm not too sure I want to do. So, so what do you do in that case? You continue having faith. Believing that what God has in store for you will be better than anything you could ever think of yourself. <laughs> God told the people of Israel, I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans to prosper you. They're plans to, to make you better. They're not plans to destroy you. They're not plans to harm you. They're not plans for you to, 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 to for things to go bad in your life. God will tell us, tells us the same thing. He knows you, my brother and my sister. He knows you before you were even born. And he knows exactly that if when you and I can put our faith completely in him, that all things, no matter whether it's good, no matter whether it's bad, all things will work together for good for those of us who love him and for those of us who follow and chase after his will. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. The third truth that I have for you today is to step toward your purpose, you have to step away from your security. In order to step towards your purpose, you have to step away from your security. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he will later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Wow. Talk about some faith there. I can't imagine how that conversation went with the wife, right? Wake up one morning. All right, wifey, um, I, got a, I had a dream last night. God spoke to me. We need to pack everything up, and we're going to go. 
well, where are we going? I don't know. We're just going to go. What do you mean you don't know where we're going? Where are you going? God just told me to go. She probably told Abraham, you probably ate a bad burrito last night. God will call us to go. We don't know where he's taking us. We don't know what it's going to look like a year from now. But in order for you to step towards your purpose, you have to let go of some things that are behind you, some things that lift you up, some things that are your security blanket. For some people, maybe even though we're adults, it's time to cut that umbilical cord at home. For some of us, it may require, you know what, I've known this place. At least I know this is our case. That we know God was calling us somewhere. We, we have a, what we consider to be a great home. We, we live in a, what we considered at a time a great place. And, and God has put such a discomfort in our lives that now, to, honestly, when we get home, it doesn't even feel like home any, anymore because we know we don't belong there anymore. But we don't know where God's taken us. I got to continue believing in God. That's all I have. All I have is my faith in my God. Some of us, some of us here, some of us need to start taking some faith steps in our lives. Some of us here, just even faith here at the church, we need to begin to share our faith and invite someone to church. God has laid somebody in your heart that you need to bring, that you need to have sit in these chairs next to you. And yet, for some reason, it's been a little bit difficult or they've rejected at other times and you don't want to keep persisting. But God is telling you, you need to invite that person. Some of you here need to begin to tithe. We need to begin to give. We need to begin to learn how to be generous. In the next few weeks, uh, we're going to be talking about volunteering here at the church. And some of us need to start volunteering our time. And whether it's working here during the Sunday hours of, at the church as we're here, and we may miss out on the, uh, on the sermon or we may miss out on certain things while we're here, but we're giving and we're serving one another and giving our time. Now some of us need to begin to activate our faith outside of these walls. Maybe God is calling you to start a business. And you're a little worried about doing it. You're not sure if this will work. But God has laid it upon your heart. It's time to activate your faith. Maybe it's time to activate your faith by volunteering your family out in the community. You don't need to wait on the church to do something. You are a family unit. You can do something for your community, for your neighborhood. It doesn't matter whether you live in Frisco, Little Elm. It doesn't matter where you live in Bedford and Royce City, in my case. Wherever we live, we can be a blessing to that community. Maybe you need to activate your faith in forgiving someone. Someone has hurt you. 
someone really, really did you wrong, and God's been just tugging at your heart, son, daughter, you need to let go of this and you need to forgive them. It's time to step up and just say, you know what? I forgive you. Whether they want to accept it, hear you or not, forgive them. Love them. Serve them. Show them that you're still a child of God through the forgiveness that you offer. Maybe some of us, and you know, I don't want to have here a breakdown or anything, but maybe for some of us, God is calling us to adopt a child, to foster a child. So God is calling all of us to do something, to activate our faith. We can't continue playing it safe, church. We can't continue relying on guarantees. And we can't continue staying in our comfort zone, playing it. Okay, well, as long as I put this foot here and then this foot here, I'm not going to fall, so I'm pretty secure. I'm good. Things are good here. Uh, I can continue driving for an hour for another year or two. I I can continue uh, doing these things, even though, yeah, things could be a little bit better, but it's going to stretch me if I do anything else. This is my security. What do they say that your known misery is better than unknown misery? It's time, church. It's time that we step towards our purpose as a church, as an individual, as a family, and we step away from the security that we think we have and just trust in God. We walk into those deeper waters in the name of Jesus. For some of you, it's time for you to take your next step in your Christian walk. I'm going to ask you to stand. There's something else that we're going to be hearing in the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about baptisms. We're going to be talking about membership. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, possibly city groups or small groups and what we're going to be doing. And it's time for us to take that next step. For some of us, maybe God is calling us in our next step in in our walk with Christ that we need to, to study more his word. Maybe we need to go back to college or maybe back to university. Whatever it is, God is calling you. It's time to step in faith. So I'll come back and ask the same question I asked in the beginning. How big is your faith? Are you amazing Jesus with the faith you're exhibiting in your life? Or or are you amazing Jesus through the lack of faith that you have? Let's pray together. Father, we come before your presence at this moment. And at this moment, we cry out to you just like that father that had this young man that was in need, that suffering, that was afflicted by spirits. And Lord, we know what your word says. We know, Lord, that you are a mighty God. We know, Lord, that you are a big God. We know, Lord, that you're an unstoppable God. We know that you're a powerful God. We know that you're omnipotent. We know that you're omnipresent. We know, Lord, all these things. But yet at times our faith falters. 
And today we just cry out to you, just like this father cried out to you, Lord, yes, we believe, but help us in our unbelief. Help us grow in our faith. Put in our hearts those steps that we need to take to begin to grow in our faith. For some of us, it may be small little steps, Lord, and we need a lot of courage for these small little steps. For some of us, it may be giving our lives to you. It may be getting baptized. It, might, it may mean committing and, and becoming members at, a church, at this church. For some of us, it may mean that we need to start doing some volunteering here at the church and volunteering outside of the church. For some of us, maybe you're calling us to adopt a child. For some of us, maybe you're calling us to, to begin to work on our marriage, uh, to forgive someone. And these are... Uh, our, our steps, some of them are big steps, some of them are smaller steps, but we need your help. Because we are a church that's faith-filled. We are a church that has big faith. And we believe that we can do all things through you who strengthens us. And we believe that nothing is impossible with you. So we just ask you today, Lord, that you, Father, work in our lives, work in our hearts, deposit this faith in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.